Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dale Tuesday, and with us today is Dustin and Sandy Schneiderman out of Austin, Texas. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right, so a little recap for everybody listening. Uh, I think at one time you had purchased as many as 38 properties, owned over 4,000 units. Now you're down to 27 properties. You sold 11 of them off, and you're about 2,800-plus units. And uh, you've been in this now for since you joined back in 2014. Interesting part of your story. Let's start with this part. You guys have been doing this as a family for a long time. There's a lot of back and forth between the two of you. That's um, probably not the right way to say it, but you guys did a lot of this together since way back in 2014. Can you share with us uh, your background? Because your work history slash educational history, I, some of the educational stuff was interesting to read about. So share with us about why uh, Dustin thought you're wasting your time trying to get a master's degree or something like that. Go ahead, Sandy. We met in grad school in Hawaii um, at Hawaii Pacific University. We were both going for a master's in information systems. And uh, I was also going for an MBA at the time, trying to do a dual, dual major. And I think, I think, uh, Dustin tried to talk me out of it because we figured we could do well with just going into the IT field, and there wasn't a great need for the the business degree as well. Um, in hindsight, having the business degree with all the real estate investing and everything could have been very useful. Okay, Dustin, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I thought we would make a lot more money, you know, just focusing on uh, tech jobs, working in the computer field, and not worrying too much about. Uh, the business background. I was like, what's the, what's the point of taking this business degree at the time? Um, you know, as a young kid, didn't really know what I was talking about. So I, I talked her out of that. And then definitely in hindsight, that was a, a huge mistake. If she had gotten that MBA, um, I wouldn't have changed her professional career trajectory very much. Uh, but it would have been so much more useful to us and our, our investing. And just, you know, she, she runs the books for our family. You know, she takes care of all the, the business side stuff. That, and that would have been a lot of help to have that education uh, along the way. Now, help me wrap my arms around this. Were you guys married then, dating then? How was it that you had this kind of influence over each other? Uh, we were dating then. We, we met on a, my, my very first day of my first class grad school. Uh, Sandy came and sat next to me in class, um, and we've been sitting next to each other ever since. That was about 27 years ago now. So, uh, yeah, we were just dating at that point. Um, we moved in together a few months later. And, you know, we actually lived together without getting married for about 13, 14 years. Uh, but we commingled our finances. Uh, we, we knew we weren't going anywhere. Um, so we, we had a lot of influence. 
Sandy, uh, Sandy had a lot of influence on me because I wasn't very financially responsible. I spent money. If I made money, I spent money. Uh, Sandy was a good, was a good saver, very fiscally responsible. And so, uh, she kind of helped me to learn that, you know, being fiscally responsible was a good thing. Um, when we first started dating, Sandy had this beautiful high rise condo in Waikiki and I lived in a little two story roach motel. And Sandy realized that she could rent out her high rise condo for a profit get tax deductions and all kinds of all the real estate benefits and come live with me in my little roach motel, two story walk up apartment um, and actually make more money. And so that that's really what got us started on our, our real estate investing career. And, you know, she's just been able to see all of that stuff without even being taught about it as far as, you know, back in the mid nineties. So I, she, uh, she definitely influenced me quite well. You know, guys, that story, it tells as well as it reads. That's hilarious. Uh, Sandy, all I can say is you're the type B personality. Uh, you're the, you see what you want. You walked in the room, you picked out the one you wanted, you sat next to it, you married it, you taught it how to make money. And I mean, that was it. You haven't it's all, ever it's since. All worked out. It's all worked out well. Yes, boy, I'll tell you what. So um, the other one I like in here, and we're just, picking and choosing something I thought was funny when I was reading this is your parents were upset that you were with a guy that didn't have social security paid in uh, because he, you know, he's a 1099 worker for most of the stuff he did. He didn't have any social security and they were afraid that he was going to, you guys were going to get old together and you wouldn't be able to draw social security. Is that a true story? Yeah. My, my dad was very, Set on you get a job, you work, you get social security, um, and he was very much by the system, and he was worried that Dustin wasn't doing that. So, what did your dad think that I just heard on the news today? That social security only has ten more years before it's completely broke. Have you had, have you had that conversation with him yet? We've had that conversation with him years ago that we didn't know if Social Security would be available for us when we when we get to that point. And I guess that's still the case now. At your age, there's no way. It's not going to last unless they come up with some way to fix it. Uh, so as we, we go through this, this is kind of an interesting thing you guys developed. When did you... Um, decide to, to start looking at this thing seriously. I know that you had actually moved back to Texas from Hawaii. And uh, is that when you guys decided to pick this thing up, make it more serious? No, we, we left Hawaii. Um, I was At the time, I was working in the movie industry uh, as a camera guy. And it's, the Hawaii is such a strong union state, it's very difficult to get uh, to kind of get your foot in the door. So we moved to Texas to for me to be able to get more movie work. And Hawaii is so expensive that uh, even with us both working high-tech jobs, you know, we were, were making money, but you know, we had two very good incomes just to be able to get by in the middle of class in Hawaii. Uh, so we came to Texas, and it felt like you know, free living here when you could buy a house for you know, $200,000, $300,000 for a really nice house back then. Uh, and then we've been doing real estate since the mid-'90s. You know, Sandy got us started with that, uh, that condo, and we – we're really doing, we, we were doing okay. We weren't losing, we were making money in real estate. We had lots of debt equity. And then by pure chance, a friend of mine in 2014 took a, took me to a case study down in San Antonio. And I went to a Lifestyles Unlimited case study and I was like, wow, this, this makes perfect sense. And we, we need to look more into this. What were the moments that just lit it all up for you? And you said, ah, that's what we've been missing. So for me, for the, the single families that we've been doing on and off, Prior to lifestyles, we would save up our money, and 
buy real estate single families with conventional financing, and then we would try to pay down the mortgage before we started the process over of buying the next one. When we went to the two-day, hard money was completely a new concept to us. We hadn't heard of that at all. And the idea that you should use leverage better to be able to buy more properties quickly, that was all new, completely the opposite of trying to pay off your mortgage before buying the next one. Um, In terms of multifamily, we didn't even know that multifamily was an option, that normal, regular people could combine their funds with other people and invest in multifamily apartments. That was a completely new concept. When we came out of the two-day, we were thinking, uh, you know, multifamily definitely the forced appreciation, lots of the ways we can make extra money in multifamily. That that seemed like the way to go. Um, and we had a decent net worth, so we had some money to work with. Um, so we decided we wanted to do multifamily. In the very beginning, we considered being leads. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I was pretty strong at numbers, at looking at the analyzing the deal, working with the contractors, but I'm, I'm not a good people person. And so I wanted Sandy to be there to help me with the people side, um, and she still had her full-time job. And so I, we decided to let's just do passive for a while, and uh, we, we got pretty serious into passive investing. And at the point we were able to retire Sandy, we retired Sandy in 2021, and we are like, okay, now let's, let's go back to being leads. But we had, we had achieved uh, financial freedom. You know, we, we retired ourselves on passive income, not having a job, what was the point for us now to, to go become leads and make even more money when we already had enough money coming in to, to live our lives and do anything we want to do? Um, but, yeah, passive investing was the, the choice we really came down to. We've only done uh, three or four, maybe five single families since we joined Lifestyles in 2014. Uh, so not very many single families. We've really focused on the multifamily passive investing. Why don't you guys share how you picked which deals you'd go into? Uh, when we look at deals, the, the number one most important thing for us is the lead. You know, we, we have to both be 100% yes on the lead. Um, and a, a big part of that is, you know, if something goes wrong with a deal, if we just pick a deal and things go sideways, I, I don't. we don't want to blame anyone but ourselves. We picked that lead. We were 100% yes on that lead. We were 100% yes on that deal. You know, so there's not any percentage in there for me to go back and try to put the excuse on somebody else. I have to take responsibility for the decisions I made. Uh, so the lead is the most important thing for us in picking a deal. And then after that, we decided we were going to retire on passive income. So cash flow was our, our next most important deal. When we start looking at numbers, we're looking for cash flow. Um, and a deal, if a deal has cash flow from the, you know, from the beginning, it's probably going to have a capital gain on the back end. You, you, you don't have enough money to have cash flow unless you're, you're generating profits in that business and, and increasing the value. So we looked at that, and we'll have cash flow, and then we'll get some capital gain on the back end. And uh, it, it's worked out really well for us so far. Let's talk about locations. How did you pick your locations or avoided locations? As we got more education, as we, we learned more, became more sophisticated, we realized we needed to diversify. If we have all of our money in San Antonio and something happens in San Antonio, we're going to be in trouble. So we started deciding we need to diversify. We do deals all over the state of Texas now. Um, then we started looking at outside of Texas. Um, we initially started going to Arizona. We've also done Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Ohio. We've looked at Indiana. Um, for us, you know, we want to diversify. We don't want to be in any one market that could, you know, that market could go up or down or change. You know, if we put all of our money in Houston and oil goes away, you know, energy sector has a problem. 
know, that Houston can't have issues. So we want to diversify across that. And then even more important than diversifying in cities and states, uh, we really diversify in the leads. You know, even we find a lead that we love. They're amazing operators. They've become good friends of ours. I don't want to just follow their career and put all of my money into their 10 or 15 deals. Um, if they get hit by a bus, I might be in a lot of trouble. So we really diversify. You know, we don't want to do more than two or three deals with any one lead investor so that, uh, you know, if something happens, we're diversified. and we're, we're not going to be completely devastated if something happens to that investor, that lead investor. Um, and also when we start going into other states, we want to have multiple deals in the other states. Because you start looking at tax implications uh, in, Arizona, in Georgia, we uh, have one deal there. That deal sells. We're going to pay state income tax on all of our gains there. Whereas if we have two or three deals in Georgia, we're going to have depreciation and losses from those other two or three deals to, to help offset the gains from the first deal that sells and kind of have this kick the can down the road on our paying our taxes by having multiple deals uh, going on at any one time. And so far, that, that strategy has worked for us. Boy, that's interesting. I've never even heard that one. That's the first time I've ever heard about a localized statewide tax strategy. That's interesting. Um, we also want to talk about um, how much you put into each deal, and I've only got like 30 seconds left, so I think we'll probably just wait on that. Um, when we come back, we'll talk with uh, Dustin, Sandy, Schneiderman more about how they pick their deals and how much they put into each one. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. What is Del Wamsley, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, up to in today's market? I'm out there right now looking and buying everything I can get my hands on for a better deal. A better deal than what I could get it for a week before. And I'll just keep buying. I did that back in 2008. I bought a property worth $35,000 a door. I bought it for $26,000 a door. Next month or so, I bought the same age property and I bought it for like $19,000 a door. But by buying at 26 when they were getting killed from 35 down to 26, buying at 26, let the broker know I was a buyer in a downward spiraling market. And so, from that point on, I bought three or four more. I can't remember exactly. I, mean, I think it was four more I bought from there. And the brokers were just bringing them to me. Go, look, you seem to be the only guy buying right now. Are you ready to take advantage of the wave of opportunity coming to those who know what they're doing? Join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Dustin and Sandy Schneiderman. And um, as we went to break, I was going to ask you guys um, or to share your theory about how much you put in each deal. I thought that was very wise also. Can you share that with everybody? Of course. So uh, when we 
we look at deals, and when we first started, we invested very small amounts of money because we were scared type B people. Um, we did a couple deals at $10,000 each. Um, those two deals, we returned 350% and 240%. And so we realized uh, $10,000, those are great returns, but not enough money invested. But we still like to diversify. Um, our goal is to have a minimum of 20 deals. And so we just divide our, the amount of money we've got to invest by about 20 and that's how much the maximum we want to put in any one deal. So we, we like to diversify across a bunch of deals, but we don't want to get much over 30 deals. Our goal is to stay between 20 and 30 deals at any one time. Uh, we, we talk to people that have, you know, 50, 70, 100 deals, and it's, it's a lot of work. And we're being passives. We don't want to have a, a whole job just reading reports every month. So we want to have a, an amount of deals that diversifies us enough so that we, we're not going to get in any trouble, but not so much that we have to have a, a full-time job just keeping up with what's going on. You know, Now it's tax season. You have 50 K-1s and you are only got 47 of them. you got to figure out what the three missing K-1s are. It takes a lot more time than you realize. Um, 30 deals is pretty manageable for us. doesn't take too much time. And uh, we really enjoy it. But we don't want to get below that 20 deals. So we put no more than 5% of our portfolio in any one deal. It's kind of how we look at it. 5% in one deal would be 20 deals. Well, I thought that was interesting because if you tie that along with, okay, people are diversifying because of the location they they want and the uh, the number of properties, as you're saying, or the diversifying different leads and so on and so forth. One thing that... Uh, I've always thought in life is that I thought was funny is that people are all great until they're not. In other words, even if you do great due diligence, there's always a possibility that somebody's life just goes astray. And then they start making different quality of decisions at that point. So having too much in any one person uh, is really a bad idea. And I'm glad to see that you guys figured that out. The, uh, the amounts, you're right, though, it, it is a it's a two sided knife there. You've got you cuts both ways. You've got two too little in each one and you got a lot of problems. By the way, the on that K1 thing you're talking about, <laughs> the problem is you're trying to get your tax return done and you're waiting on some one idiot that won't do it, won't get it to you. Right. And uh, I always crush those people. So this was just an opportunity to do it again. Hey, guys, leads, get your K-1s into everybody. We're all waiting. Uh, it's time to do our tax return. So uh, moving on from that, let's talk about, um, for just a second, at what point did you know you had enough that you could start retiring each other? I mean, what was the, what was the sign that you were there that you knew, aha, that's it, we got, we're there? I think what our, our quarterly cash flow, we got that up uh, you know, to match what Sandy's salary was. I had kind of stopped working already. I stopped taking jobs, working on movies, and focused more on our real estate. Um, our single families were doing pretty well. Um, but it was we had more cash flow coming in than Sandy was earning with her W-2 income. And our, our cost of living, she already earned more than we needed to live. So if we could replace her income... Uh, and we had, she was already making more than we needed to live. We were very comfortable. It's nothing we could do. And the a, a thing for me was we're looking at the, going towards the future. Is like the money just keeps growing. It, we since we you know reinvest our capital gains into more deals, um, it just keeps growing. The cash flow just keeps going up. When I graph out you know how much our cash flow is quarter to quarter, 
it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So the longer we invest and the longer we do this, the more money we're making versus, you know, the, the traditional thing of thinking is, you know, I've got to work until I get to a certain age and have enough money that I can divide that money by the years I've got left in my life. And hopefully I don't run out of money before I die. Whereas we just continue to make more money every year without doing as much work. And so uh, it, it's amazing. Well, that leads me to my next question. It's a good segue. The, the statement you made that why would I go back to being a lead, or in other words, recharacterize that, why would I go back to working, which a lead is, it's a job, why would I go back to doing that just to make more money? Um, once you've figured out that you can retire passively, why would you ever want to go back to work? Well, there's still tons of people, lifestyles that do it. I mean, my gosh, they, they become retired. And they go, well, I want to do it because I just, I think it'd be fun. It'd give me, give me something to keep me busy. It'd be very interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And I like more money, whatever. Uh, you guys didn't do that. However, before we get there, did you ever become a lead? Because I remember one time when I had to talk to you about not doing a deal. So maybe I ruined you. Maybe I actually destroyed your aspirations to become a lead. Tell me about that story and about where you were and if did you ever lead after that, do a lead deal after that? Yeah, so we uh, we were working on doing some lead deals, like trying to get things under contract. And we live in Austin area, and we ended up getting a deal just south of uh, Houston in Lamarck, Texas, under contract. Uh, we went to one of the road uh, the acquisition road trips that Lifestyles does where they show you a bunch of properties, and we eventually uh, got that deal under contract. We are going through due diligence, had our mentor out there and contractors, um, and things were looking pretty good on that property. Um, I, it was a rough property, lots of uh, Purple Martians living there, but I thought we could, we could make this thing work. Um, and then in the middle of that, you just happened to have the National Apartment Association was doing their annual awards conference in Las Vegas that year. And so I, I flew out to Las Vegas to hang out with all the other leads. And out, when I was out in Las Vegas at night, you go to all these huge Las Vegas-style parties. And somebody's yelling at me across the one of these parties. And on the other side of the pool, I'm getting yelled at. So I, I go to find out who's looking for me. And it was you and one of the operations consultants, one of the people at Lifestyles that helps the, the lead investors figure out how to run their properties. And you guys were talking about the property we had under contract. And you told me, like, I know that property. You know, you, I'm sure you know every property in Houston that there is. And you said it's a Purple Martian property. You know, it's a very challenging property to run. Several people had bought it, and it had been foreclosed on by a few people. Um, and you didn't recommend a first-time, inexperienced person taking on that deal. Um, and so uh, you recommended that I terminate that contract before we got out of our, our due diligence period. And so that, that's what we did. We called and terminated the contract. Now, we, we pay for a membership in this group, and – when the, the mentors are going to give you that kind of advice, I'm going to follow it. Um, I was amazed that, you know, we're in, you know, halfway across the country at a party with thousands of people and somebody's yelling my name. And, you know, Del Wamsley, the, the founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, is you know, calling for me and giving me advice when you're out at a party. You know, you didn't have to do that. And I, w I was just amazed at that. Um, I don't think that ended us from wanting to be leads. But it definitely made us take a step back that I, I needed Sandy. We're, we're a partnership. We're a team. And we, we need to both be fully involved. And at that time, Sandy was working full time, you know, 60 hours a week. And she wasn't able to be as involved in that business. And she might have noticed that that was a Purple Martian property. And maybe, you know, 
a four-hour drive back and forth every day to, for me to get to that property was not the smartest decision to make, um, and especially on a challenging property. I think if she would have been there with me, it, it would have it would have been a smarter. She would have figured that stuff out and told me to back off. You are now ambassadors for Lifestyles Unlimited, and uh, you can all have you explain what that is and what it means. Uh, but let's take it from this point of view. What did you think when you first joined this place as far as the social aspects? Were you surprised people were so open with their financial information and how they ran their businesses? Definitely. Um, I grew up in a family where um, my parents made good money, but it wasn't really something that we ever talked about. Um, so coming to Lifestyles and having people open up their books and show you how the apartment's doing and talk about how much people are investing in apartments. It was a complete mind change from what I was used to growing up. Everybody's very open, and now even with new people, I, I think that the same feeling's still out there, that new people come in and are quite amazed that people are willing to share so much about their financial situation and help others by doing that. What do you guys think makes the abundance mentality actually work? Because that's what that is. It's the it's most people believe that for me to have a dollar, you have to lose a dollar. A dollar has to transfer hands and one person has it. Somebody else has to take it away from them. What do you think the abundance mentality? How does that work here? Um, I think it comes from we don't compete with each other. So, like, even on the single family side, you know, we're going to go try to, you know, if you go to a road trip and three people see the house and they all three want to get it. You know, we draw cards to see who's going to get to make the offer on that house. We don't compete with each other. On the multifamily side, you have the tagging process that Lifestyles has created. You know, if, if Sandy if, and I want to look at a house and one of our friends wants to buy the same apartment, um, you know, we have to go and be the first one to tag it. And then, you know, the, the first tag on that property, they're the ones that get to go after and make offers on that deal. And the second tag doesn't get to work on that deal until after the, the first tag goes away. So we, we don't compete with each other. Um, and that makes it so that when you do buy a property and somebody else in Lifestyles owns the property right next door to you, you're going to work together. You're going to share your books. Um, I, we've seen properties where, you know, two, two completely different lead investors own the property next door to each other, and they share the manager. That manager works for both properties. One lead pays half the salary, and the other lead pays the other half the salary. I mean, where else are you going to share your employees and your vendors um, than in this group where because and it's because we've created this thing where we don't compete with each other. We're not trying to do better than the other person by outbidding them on a property. So you think 33 years ago when I came up with this uh, no competition clause, this tagging clause, that that's really what started it all? That sounds like a, a pretty good thing when you created it. If you created it 33 years ago, then you were very much thinking ahead, I think. Well, it was that and the fact that I told everybody what I had. And after I told everybody what I had and then I helped you do use, I made this rule that if, if, you're go if you want me to help you, then you have to let me use your information to help the next person so that I can use my accumulated information from all these people and deals and knowledge to make better decisions for everybody. So that's really where it came from. And people got that idea that, hey, if you don't share, Dell's not going to help you. Period. So that's just it's kind of forced forced sharing, maybe you know that from whatever that is. So um, let's talk about family members. You got two different families. One that's got some money, one that doesn't. Uh, how did they look at this, and what are their feelings about what you guys have done? Um, well, 
My my dad was always concerned that uh, we're making a mistake investing in real estate and uh, that we would have problems with tenants and toilets and et cetera. Um, he did really well with the stock market, and we were kind of scared of the stock market. We've got a good real estate map now, but we've never really had a good stock market map. Um, my sister watched us get started in lifestyles, and as she says, she thought we were actually uh, crazy for getting started in lifestyles. Um, but she watched us for several years, and she and her husband are now members, and they joined, I think, in 2019 or 19 deals. And my mom also joined lifestyles as a passive investor. So they no longer think we're crazy or either that or they're crazy with us, but they're happy about it. <laughs> they're crazy with us. I love that. Dustin, we only got 30 seconds left. What does your family think about this? Uh, my family still thinks we're kind of crazy. <laughs> so we haven't been able to get any of my family to, to get into real estate or anything like that yet. And, um, mostly they just have that same mentality that I had. If you make money, you spend money. And the more little, you know, toys you have, the, the more you are, the better you are. He who dies with the most toys wins. I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, why do you guys like being ambassadors? Why do you like giving back? We like meeting people. We, we, since we joined Lifestyles, it, it's just amazing to meet all of these it, people that, that come to Lifestyles and join and get involved. They're just amazing people. Um, and we, we like meeting them. I, and it, it helps me learn. I, I'm always amazed when a, a new member comes in. And they're asking me a question to get my my input on it. And they ask it from a totally different direction than I think about that question. And so I have to completely rethink about how I know that subject. Appreciate it, guys, for coming on. Thank you very much. For the rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.